0: The Odessa Project 1.1 By George W. Flanagan AI-generated speech p divided by unrealspeech.com Enter the world of George W. Flanagan's The Allies with the first installment of this inventive origin story of billionaire mogul and sometimes spy Michael Faulkner. Mexico City 4 p.m. 2008. I don't believe you are who you say you are. His heart pounded in his chest, droplets of sweat falling down the base of his neck as he eyed the man seated across from him. The air in the room was tense, the man calling himself Philip Cortez knew that his false alias had not been enough for the man who had just uttered those words. It just simply wasn't enough to convince the dangerous man seated across from him. The man supposedly named Cortez was posing as a wealthy Spanish drug financier, fancying himself as a major player in the European drug trade. He was looking to expand his operations in Latin America. But the man seated across from him was no ordinary cartel operative. Jorge de Rezes, one of the Mexico's most powerful politicians, also happened to be the second in command under Oscar Reyes, the ruthless Colombian cartel lord and human trafficker. For the man named Cortés, Reyes was his real target, as his goal was to penetrate the inner circle of the one of the world's most dangerous men. Jorge de Rizas, it seemed, was to serve as the obstacle from that happening. I can assure you, Senor De Rizas," said Cortez, his voice measured and calm. "I am certainly am who I say I am." He looked over at the opulent conference room, where two security men in suits looked back at him, staring menacingly as they were posted by the door leading into the main atrium of the Saint Regis Hotel. Cortez looked back at De whose eyes were narrowed at him. The Spaniard went on. I've been exporting opium from the Middle East into Europe for the last 15 years. I've even negotiated with the Taliban and Al Qaeda to make sure my customers get what they're craving. Surely you and Senior Reyes have heard of my work. We both know you never show your face in public," answered Durezas. We also know that you've almost dealt exclusively in Senior Reyes' backyard of South America, but never before here in Latin America. The change of behavior and previous reputation is slightly odd. No. I'm wishing to expand my operations, said Cortez through gritted teeth. I have new product streams that I thought Sr. Reyes and yourself would be interested in. Then he added carefully, perhaps Senior Reyes is not as powerful as he claims to be. Theresa's face became red. How dare you make such an accusation? I will not have my pride violated like that," roared Cortez. You and your superior invite me to this beautiful location, only to waste my time to insinuate that I'm lying to you about who I am and question my business in my own country, how dare you? Oscar Reyes is the most powerful cartel leader in this part of the world," said Ederizas. I've made it very clear to him that we cannot deal with suppliers from another region, must lessen another continent such as Europe. Rumor has it that it was Sr. Reyes who wanted this meeting to discuss my supply lines to opium in the Middle East, said Cortez. Last I checked it was that region Reyes was trying to get involved in, but wasn't having much success with those Muslim fanatics. The Spaniard stood to his feet, the security man at the door visibly alerted at the sudden movement. Sr. Cortez said De raising his hands. Please calm down. Sr. Reyes is very much interested in your heroin shipments from the port of Miami, not to mention the opium supply lines you're speaking of, Sr. Reyes simply has a policy of not meeting with new financiers face to face. I only work face to face, answered Cortez defiantly. If he isn't willing to work man to man, this meeting is over. He strode towards the door, cutting his eyes at the two security men. Shall you two let me through, or not? Wait, Sr. Cortez called out de Rizas, the Spaniard stopping as he cut his gaze back at the Mexican politician. There is a possibility that I can persuade Sr. Reyes to meet you face-to-face sooner rather than later. How is that? Let me talk to him, said de Reyes we're both aware of your unusual talent for keeping your dealings inconspicuous and keeping the authorities in Europe off your back. Perhaps your circumstance can help me persuade Sr. Reyes to talk with you. That's fine, said Cortez. One of the security men opened the door leading into the hotel's large atrium. But if you can't convince him, I'll blame you for it. I can assure you, Sr. Cortez, replied to coolly. If Sr. Reyes isn't convinced that you are the actual Philippe Cortez, you'll be blaming yourself for ever coming here. Minutes later as Cortez was about to depart the hotel, he suddenly caught sight of three heavy heavy-set men trailing him in the atrium. Recognizing the trio as members of DeRiza's security detail, he quickly cut through the crowds and slipped out the front door. Tough luck. Thought the man supposedly named Cortez as he neared an idling town car that had pulled up to the curb. A moment later, he seated himself in the back as the car moved into rush hour traffic. What's the verdict? called out the voice of the driver, Ray Vasquez. Along with the man in the back, whose real name was Robert Phelps, both men were longtime members of the CIA's highly covert shadow operations division. This secretive branch, known only by a select few on Capitol Hill as Delta Section, was the often violent and morally ambiguous division of America's vast intelligence apparatus that dealt in more than just the trade of spycraft. Delta Section was responsible for an array of international assassinations, kidnappings, sabotage, and acts of terrorism that few outside America would know as the dirty work of a darker side of the U.S. government. But its distinction as the most covert division in western intelligence had a higher responsibility than most of their colleagues it was the only division of its kind in america's vast intelligence services that operated under the direct order of the president of the united states we're made replied phelps the 54 old and 20 year veteran of the agency shaking his head he reached under the front right passenger seat pulling out a black Sig Sauer P320M18 semi-automatic pistol. He pulled out the clip one more time to be sure the gun was fully loaded. Satisfied, he slapped the clip back into the weapon. Greasy little rat smelled me from a mile away. I told Brantley it was a stupid idea to try to get into Ray's inner circle. We don't get to thank Bob, stated Vasquez, shaking his head. You know how aggressive he gets dealing with the cartels, he's always saying that a blunt approach would cause these monsters to fold ranks. Better be careful, chuckled Phelps. He is your president. Tell me this, continued Vasquez, keeping one eye on the review mirror for any sign of being trailed. How does a chump like that go? from doing a dirty job like this with his background and ours virtually being the same to becoming president of the United States. Why is he the lucky one, clarified Phelps. A guy like him having a job like this for so long, no, I couldn't have predicted it. No one could have, especially himself. What did he deal in after he retired from the agency? Commodities for a while, I think then went into the corporate world and built Highland Enterprises into the dominant player it is now. Shu is a powerful company. No doubt about that, I think the kid that runs it now is even more decisive than Charles was back in the day. What's his name again, Fitzgerald Falconer? Faulkner. The name I heard was Michael Faulkner. Strong name, wonder where Charles found him. Phelps looked up at his surroundings as their drive had put them into a rural area south of Ciudad, Mexico. Where are we going? The agency has a private airfield 20 kilometers south of the city, replied Vasquez. They left the airfield as an option if things with Derizas went sideways. Call them, answered Phelps. Make sure they know we're coming in. Right, said Vasquez, putting a flip phone up to his ear. A moment later, he was speaking in rapid Spanish to an agency handler in Landley, Virginia. After a couple of minutes, he set the phone down and looked over at Phelps, nodding. Where again? Phelps began to wrap his knuckles on the armrest of the passenger seat. We'd better be. End of the ODSSA Project 1.1